Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Sports Talk with Sebastian. It's the Sunday morning overreaction. It's back, where I recap the top college football games. We had some upsets. We had some nail biters. Uh, but there's a lot of takes we got to get into, so uh, let's get into it. So let's just start with the big game. Um, up first is the number four Notre Dame uh, Fighting Irish against the number one Clemson Tigers. Now, many weeks ago on this podcast, I said Clemson is going to lose that game. I thought I was talking about how Clemson I thought was overrated. I was saying that I think Alabama is much better than Clemson because at the time it was debated which one was number one. And I said, if Clemson beats Notre Dame, I will eat my words. But they didn't. And the main thing for me going into this game was just if Notre Dame gets an early lead, they're going to win because the Notre Dame's offense is so good at playing with a lead. And most of the time, they are going to be playing with a lead. So as just to recap, um, Notre Dame won 47-40. to It was a close game throughout. I mean, Notre Dame started out pretty hot. Um with a 10 nothing lead, but it was very close. Uh, it came to a point after some questionable pass interference calls and no calls. It came to a point where it was, um, it was, it was basically the Clemson Tigers just had to get a first down to win. They didn't get it, went to overtime and Notre Dame ended up winning uh, with a touchdown and then they got a stop. So that's basically my quick recap of it. If you don't know, Clemson did not have their regular quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. I don't really think it matters too much. I mean, it's not like DJ uh, Ungalale was that bad. It's a hard name to say. Uh, but it's not like he was that bad. He threw for uh, 30 completions, 439 yards, and two touchdowns. He didn't really make any big mistakes. Um he was he played really well. So I don't think it's a big deal with Lawrence being gone. It doesn't make too much of a difference to me. This game, and I've said this for so long, this game came down to the rushing attacks. It came down to that 100%. And I said, Notre Dame, the reason I picked Notre Dame in this game was because their rushing game is amazing. The uh, Ian Book, their quarterback, he's a great quarterback. Listen, after watching Sean Clifford and Penn State... Uh, playing get destroyed by Maryland at home. Watching Ian Book's pocket presence is unbelievable. He is for real. I mean, he is so aware. He's constantly, you know, uh, getting out of um, the pocket, getting out of pressure, um, using his legs frequently, especially on late drives when it really mattered. And obviously their regular rushing attack, I mean, 140 yards, three touchdowns for Williams, their main running back. Um, they they were really running the ball well against a great Clemson run defense, and they just ran straight into them. That's why I said if they get the lead, they're going to win because they just ran so much time off the clock with just running and running and running and running and running. Uh, and then on the opposing side, Travis Etienne, who's maybe the best running back in college football, 18 carries, 28 yards. Um, and he also had a fumble that was picked up for a scoop and score, which he said two of those in two straight weeks. I didn't do a podcast last week, but um, Clemson had a very similar game against Boston College where they went down 18 points at home. Uh, and they barely ended up winning. But I've been telling that I've been telling you for weeks, Clemson is just not the team this year. They're not going to win the national championship. Everyone's going to make the excuse against their defense is bad or uh, is um 
is, you know, it's injured and their quarterback is gone. But Clemson is just not going to be the team that's going to win the national championship this year. This year. I think my predictions is that if maybe they eke out a win against Notre Dame in the ACC championship, they'll be in the playoff. But it's it's really, for me right now, my main reaction to this game is that Notre Dame is the best team in the ACC and they're here to stay. Notre Dame literally would just ran the ball down their throat against the best run defense in college football by far. So, you know, playing other teams that don't have as great defenses, they're just going to just going to pick them apart. Book is such a great dual threat quarterback, which is something that I learned from this game. I always knew he was a good passer. But I did not realize he was this good. I mean, he, he ran for 68 yards, um, which, not a ton, but, I mean, for a quarterback, and he had some huge runs um, at the end. He did have a bad fumble at the goal line, uh, which honestly made the game closer than it looks. I mean, if he scores there, it's you know could be a regulation win for uh, Notre Dame. But he had some huge runs down the stretch uh, using his legs, um, and overall, you know, like I said, they only really have one running back, uh, but he just was a beast. And from the very beginning, I mean, he had a 75-yard run to start. As soon as I said, if they get a lead, they're going to hold on to it. And that first quarter, if you watch the game, you're probably thinking, well, that first quarter went by super fast. The reason it went by so fast is because they just drained so much time off the clock. Um, he had a great completion percentage, Ian Buck, um, over 300 yards. He was just solid. He was really solid. Um, he hit six different receivers, which if you are a longtime fan of this podcast, you know I talk a lot about uh, hitting different receivers and how that can affect uh, you know, your game. And so overall, just a great game for them. I'm putting the Notre, I'm putting the Notre Dame Fighting Irish in the playoffs no matter what. I honestly feel like um, right now with how it goes because of kind of the, sh- uh, the season is a little bit shortened, um, they play Boston College, North Carolina, Syracuse, and Wake Forest. I think, in my opinion, those are all easy wins. And then the Clemson game is just going to decide. Honestly, I think win or lose that Clemson game in the ACC championship, win or lose, they're making the playoffs. So Notre Dame is my lock. It is a lock to make it. Um, that's my reaction to this game. I'm really high on them. Listen, I don't like Notre Dame like as a school but man, I love to watch them. Their offense is just exactly what I like in an offense. Um, so overall, great game for them. And like I said, this is only proven my point that I've been making for weeks. Um, Clemson, it's not their year. I still feel like they could make the playoffs. They just have to beat Notre Dame. Um, but it's in my opinion, it's not their year. Um, but yeah, so that was a great game. Probably the game of the year. Um, but that's our first game. The next game up is the Texas Longhorns ranked number 22 against the West Virginia Mountaineers. Now, West Virginia, I don't know if many of you like don't know about West Virginia, but they're not bad. They played a solid game against OK State, who's one of the top teams, and they um, destroyed number 16 K-State last week. So they're coming off a huge win. Um, it is in Austin, but they beat Texas in Austin back in 2018. Um, so, you know, it was a solid game, and it was a pretty nice game. Um, Texas ended up winning 17-13. It's a little bit, that score seems really close and low scoring, but it was, there was a lot more action, and Texas kind of, I don't want to say dominated, but they did a lot better than that score shows. Um, 
And, you know, listen, West Virginia's a pretty good team, all right? You know, they're, they're a pretty solid team. Like I said, they destroyed K-State uh, last week. And uh, in terms of total yards, it was about even. Um, but the main takeaway for me from this game, I know a lot of people aren't going to like this, but I I can back it up. And and I'm not, I'm not you know, it's a Sunday morning overreaction. we, we got to have some overreactions. Uh, my overreaction from this game Texas is back. Now, the reason I say that is because Texas, the past few years, I think a lot of people underrate what they've done. Yeah, they haven't made the playoffs, okay? But look at what they've done since Tom Herman has come. People call for his firing, yet, first of all, he's been there three years. They've won three bowl games in his three years. They won the Texas Bowl, which is like, you know, nothing much. Although it was against Drew Locke, who's now a starting NFL quarterback. Um, That was their first year. They weren't great, but you can't judge a college coach on his first year. Second year, they um, win the Sugar Bowl against uh, Georgia, who was, I think, the number five team in the country. Um, Third year, they had an up and they lost pretty much all of their close games last year. They could have had a great year, but they just kept losing the close games. Uh, But they ended up beating Utah, who was a very top team um, in the Alamo Bowl. Um, And now, you know... They were a quadruple overtime game and a goal line fumble away from being 7-0 and right now. Um, they're going to win out the rest of their games. Right now they're 5-2. and They're going to beat Kansas, Iowa State, and K-State. They're going to win those games. I think they finished the season, the regular season 8-2. and And in my opinion, they're going to the, um, to the Big 12 championship. And I say they're going to win it. I am picking the Texas Longhorns to win the Big 12. Listen, and that would give them a 9-2 and two finish, um, and that's very solid. And, you know, can I say, some, say something about Sam Ellinger? Sam Ellinger is just the third quarterback in FBS history to throw for 90 passing touchdowns and 30 rushing touchdowns in his career. Now, you're probably thinking, who are the other two? Guess what? Tim Tebow and Lamar Jackson aren't even on that list. That's crazy, you know, to be that much. That's called dual threat. And, you know, Lamar Jackson and especially Tim Tebow got a ton of credit because they ran for a lot of touchdowns. But you got to be able to pass, too. You know what I mean? And so you want to talk about NFL. NFL I think Sam Ellinger's a solid NFL quarterback as well. Um, but here's the thing. It's not just this year. They're obviously not going to make the playoffs this year. Um, although I could see them winning a solid bowl game. And, I mean, four bowl wins in four years – I can't even believe they're talking about firing uh, Herman. But they, just a few weeks ago, had the number one quarterback prospect in the class of 2022 sign with Texas. So they already have a literally the number one quarterback coming to them. They had one of the top running backs, uh, running back prospects of 2021 sign with them last year. Um, they are about to get a huge recruiting class. It, it's It's part of the benefits of being in Texas um because first of all the best high school players are in Texas and also just being Texas is kind of like a popular name even though they aren't the best team in the world I think these next few years are going to be huge for Texas I think this is only the beginning um but I think they end the year strong I mean listen they had to play OU which Oklahoma's a great team and it, it went to four overtimes um and the TCU game was listen I don't want to make excuses. They did lose that game. That's they lost that game fair and square, but they had a some 
pretty game-changing calls, and they fumbled the ball at the one-yard line when they were about to score the game-winning touchdown. So, you know, they lost that game, and then there was the four-overtime game against OU. Those are both losses, but I think Texas is only going to improve for the future. Um, I know some people won't like seeing it. Some people don't like Texas, but I think Texas is on their way back, all right? You know, I mean, a lot of people underrate them, but just go back to a few years ago when they were 5-7, and seven, they fired their coach, they were bad every single year. I mean, they were losing to teams like Kansas. Kansas. I mean, you know, this. It, it's they really turned it around under Tom Herman. I'm a big Tom Herman believer now. Um there should be no talk of firing. I think that they're on their way back. I really do. I think in the next five years, they're going to make the playoffs, um, especially with their number one prospects coming in. Um, but that's my take on this game. I think Texas Longhorns are going to win the Big 12. The only other thing I want to say about Texas as well is that they, a lot of people forget, they, I mean, this was so, and you can, the media hates Texas, but this was so, like, barely covered. But they upset the number six team, OK State, on the road last week um, and pretty solidly outplayed them. It went to overtime, but they outplayed them, um, which is funny because in 2018, Oklahoma State beat the number six Texas, so it was kind of like getting revenge, I guess. But, you know, that's a solid team that they beat with a pretty good defense, and they dropped 41 on them. Um, Their offense is on the way back. But the next game and the final game coming up is Florida Georgia. Now, this game, I was solidly picking Georgia. I'm not even going to lie. That I think Georgia's a solid team. I was talking about how great Alabama was because they destroyed Georgia. I thought I said Florida was overrated. Listen, I was wrong on this, you know? Uh, I was right on the Notre Dame, but I was wrong on this. I still think Alabama's the top team, uh, but that Georgia win goes down a little bit for me. Um, Both games were very similar to the Georgia-Alabama game and the Georgia-Florida game. Georgia in the Alabama game started out great, and it was, like, tied at the half. And then they just did not score anymore and ended up losing by, like, 20. And it's the same as this. They started out with, like, a lead. They were leading the entire game, and then it it got tied. And then eventually it was just, like, then, you know, then Florida just took over and you know, just ran away with it. That's really what happened. That's the best way to describe it is they just ran away with it. Once they got a lead, they ran away with it. Listen, Georgia has a quarterback problem, and that's their biggest deal right now. I don't really like talking about quarterbacks often because I feel like they're overrated. I feel like a lot of times that's to do with the coaching and the you know the receivers, the O-line. But Jake Fromm led this team to a number five appearance last year, and now Bennett, their new quarterback, is, I mean, in this game, he was 5 for 16, 78 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. I feel like the best way to describe Georgia this season is to go back to that Alabama game where they started out with an interception on the first play and immediately, say, like, their defense got an interception and then immediately after threw an interception. That just describes, that's like a microcosm for the entire Georgia season. It's just their defense getting a good play and then their quarterback immediately turning it back over. Um, so overall, you know... Georgia's quarterback just could not play. I mean, their rushing game's really good. Um, they started the game out with a... The first play of the game was a 75-yard rushing touchdown for Georgia. I really thought they were going to win this game. But my main overreaction from this game is that it actually has not nothing to do with Georgia or Florida. I mean, technically it does, but it's not about either of those two teams. I think A&M is the second-best team in the SEC. The reason I think that is because their win against Florida, I thought, was, like, super, like, 
I just thought Florida was overrated, and, you know, I didn't think it was a big deal. But now, looking back on it, like, Florida's solid. Like, I honestly hadn't watched Florida as much, and now that I've been watching them, they're a very solid team. Kyle Trask is really good. He's one of the most underrated quarterbacks. Not enough people talk about Trask, but he is a very solid um, player. And so, you know, A&M, to, be, to drop 41 on the Gators, uh, who have a great defense, um, by the way, that's really good. They just, I mean, A&M's been winning and winning and winning and winning. Um, Kellen Mond, it's been... It's been a journey for him, you know what I mean? Like, early in his career, the quarterback for A&M, Kellen Mond, early in his career, you know, he had struggled, but I he's getting a lot better. And just, I feel like that game really turned the corner for them. I mean, A&M, their first two weeks looked really bad. A five-point win against Vanderbilt, and then they got destroyed by Alabama. But then, ever since that they won that game against number 4 Florida, they destroyed Mississippi State on the road. Um, they crushed Arkansas. Those are both solid teams. And then crushed um, South Carolina. I think that they're going to win their final four games. I really do. I, mean, I, I don't think it's that much of a big deal. They're going to beat Tennessee, uh, Ole Miss, LSU, and Auburn. Auburn, I think, is... Uh, you know how I feel about Auburn if you've watched this podcast. Um, but I really think uh, the Aggies are a very solid team. And eventually, if the Aggies win out... I believe since they beat Florida, they will make the SEC championship against Alabama. And we'll see what happens there, but I do think the Aggies are the second-best team um, under Jimbo Fisher in the SEC, which is a journey because, you know, remember a few years ago, they would just lose to every SEC team they played, and it was just... This year, I feel like it's different. Just watching Kellen Mond, watching the offense, I feel like it's a much different feeling. They've been playing the SEC competition much better. I was worried about the Aggies because there's no non-conference games this year. It's all conference games because of the shortened season. And so I was worried. I was thinking, like, oh, no, this is going to be... Because the Aggies normally every year just, like, beat all their non-conference cakewalks and then beat some of the bad SEC teams, like... Not Arkansas this year, but, like, last year, like, Arkansas uh, and Vanderbilt and stuff. Um, and that's why I thought they weren't going to be great. But, hey, they've been winning their big games. And if they beat Auburn, um, all their other games are pretty much pretty uh, easy. I mean, Tennessee was ranked at one point. Ole Miss saw at LSU. But, you know, I I really believe that they are going to win all of those games. Um and, you know, we'll see what happens with the Aggies. But I think that my reaction to this game is that they're the second-best team. Listen, I want to give Florida some credit. That's my main point. My main point by saying that the Aggies are the second-best team is saying that I think Florida's good as well. But I think Florida's out of the playoff, um, like, race. I think after they lost to the Aggies, I, I just don't think it's – I just – I think in order for the Florida Gators to make it, they would have to have A&M lose a game or Alabama – lose two games because they need to make the SEC championship and that right now it's poised for Aggies Alabama and we'll see what happens though I don't love A&M this is completely unbiased but I just by watching them I really I really um like how they play and I really think that they are on track I think they're they're much improved from last year um they look a lot more real to me but we will see what happens Overall, though, just to recap, we had some big games. SMU won, which, by the way, can I say something about SMU really quickly? SMU is stuck in the UCF cycle. They're just going to beat all of their group of five conference awful teams. 
And then when they finally play a real team and have a chance to make a statement on national television, they lose, just like they lost to Memphis last year, just like they lost to Cincinnati this year. I mean, I get people like SMU, and we'll see what happens. Um, I like SMU as well, but I, I mean, they're just – you cannot put them ranked high because they're just going to blow out all their conference teams and then lose to the actual good teams. That Memphis loss last year and that Cincinnati loss this year just – it really turns me off to SMU just because I really don't feel like um, like they're a real team. Like I said, they just kind of get stuck in that UCF cycle of just every time they finally have a chance of beating a real team, they just they blow it. Um, Michigan and Penn State, what happened to them? Michigan's lost two straight. They're going to be unranked. Penn State is 0-3 for the first time since 2001. Um, they've lost... They the first well the first game they should have won Ohio State game they played solidly but this game at home against Maryland they just got destroyed I don't know what happened to their offense and same with Michigan but wow um <laughs> we might need some uh, changes going there um, BYU starting to make me believe a little bit they beat a top twenty five team on the road um, Boise State hard to beat um, um, on the road. Uh, you know, I didn't, I wasn't totally a believer in BYU because they almost lost to UTSA, <laughs> but, um, so there's that, but, you know, BYU started to make me believe a little bit. Cincinnati, I'm 100% not jumping on that train. I'm not jumping on that train, so, oh, wait, if they, because they're not going to make the playoffs, obviously, but if they beat a, if they go to a bowl, they're going to play a solid, like, power five team, and if they beat that team, then I'm going to start believing, kind of like how UCF played LSU. But then they lost, and so then I was like, all right, well, but if Cincinnati beats a team like, you know, I don't know who they'd play, but if they beat, like, a solid team like Indiana or something, something like some t- kind of top-ranked team like BYU, you know, Miami or something, I don't know. Speaking of Miami, I totally thought they were going to this, lose this game. I looked like a genius because they were down 10 in the fourth quarter. They ended up barely winning. Miami's a ticking time bomb for me. I think that they're just – I said this for weeks. I, they're just going to – it's only a matter of time before they lose, and I thought it was going to be this week. Unfortunately, they barely eked it out, but for me, it's only a matter of time. Um, Arizona State, USC, um, you know, that was literally the most lucky win I've ever seen. Uh, I picked Arizona State, and USC was down two touchdowns with, like, two minutes to go and no timeouts. They It was fourth and, like, 13, and they threw a ball that got tipped up and caught, and then got an onside kick, then on fourth and nine, threw to the end zone, caught for a touchdown, and then got a defensive stop. It was, I mean, wow. I used, <laughs> USC, I, that game was crazy, because I, I totally thought I was right on the Arizona State, and I kind of was, but man, that was a crazy loss. Um, but, you know, OK State barely survived against Kansas State, they beat them by two. K-State had a two-point conversion to tie it. They didn't get it. Um, Iowa State was kind of kept it really close against Baylor. They were down in that game for a while. Um, and then Pac-12 is back. I haven't really mentioned them because I'm not a huge Pac-12 fan. They always play at, like, midnight, and no one from the Pac-12 is really that great. But Oregon, with a pretty big statement, winning against Stanford. Some people are talking, you know, possible playoff hopes for Oregon. Um We'll see what happens there. Uh, but that's my main just quick recap of some of the top games from this week. Uh, next week's going to be really exciting. Uh, but overall, thank you so much for watching the podcast. Um, 
leave suggestions if you want in the uh, in the voice messages, as I always say. I put the link in the description. Um, but thank you so much for watching um, and for listening wherever you are. And yeah, I will see you in the next one.